Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pot, where decks are not optimized, but are plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. And, uh, you know, we've been, we've been hearing a lot about this, this universe is beyond, uh, and Doctor Who Commander decks, and you know what? You're right. We, we've been hearing a lot about them. We've been hearing about the deck list. We've been hearing about the specific cards. You know what I haven't heard about? Yeah, I do. Any of the planes. If it's you were... The, they're only the best cards... Ever. ...that are being printed in in this entire... In the in the Whoverse are going to be know. the plane chase cards. I think some of the who, the Doctors are really cool. Um, let's, let's start off with a, uh, a quick disclaimer. Neither of us... Are Doctor Who fanatics. Uh, I've watched just the single season with Christopher Eccleston. It was good. I liked it. He's my favorite Doctor. Get at me. Uh, Who? <laughs> like the show. Yeah, yeah. If you were to guess how many planes there were printed specifically for this, because it was four commander decks and apparently a stack of planes. If you were to guess how many planes there were, how many do you think there are? Well, knowing the idea behind plane chase is that you're supposed to have ten card planer decks for each for each person. That's how wizards originally designed plane chase to be played. Things evolved, Bruce. Right, but knowing that, and wizards also knowing everybody just stacks them in the middle and flips them. But knowing all of that. I would say, let's see, there are four decks. They're not going to make 40. So let's say, let's say 20. And then we could mix and match them around amongst each of the, among, amongst each of the commander decks. That way there's an even amount. And it would mean that you wouldn't, I mean, they could even set it up so that you'd have to buy all four to get all of all 20 of the decks. But you can mix and match around. That should work. 20 more 20 more planes that'll make all us plane chase junkies real happy so andy i bet there's 20 how strange uh because i think you know the answer uh and you still got it wrong it's 36 uh (laughs) it's funny because until we started recording or until we started researching for this episode uh i thought there were four i saw a tweet that had four of them in it and i was like all right that seems fair uh there's 36 of them. Uh, they all right. take place within the Who-verse. Who-niverse. There we go. And they range from good to bad. And uh, so we figure, you know, we thought we were done with new planes for a while. I knew that there was assumed, going to be some. Right. I mean, I assume March of the Machines yeah. you know, gave us a whole bunch of new planes. And then Wizards was going to pat us, all us plane chase junkies on the head and say, See, here you go. Got you a bunch of new ones. See you in 10 years, and then disappear. Now, don't get me wrong. I love this. I love that we get more planes. I'm all for... I'm all for, like, new new adventures in in Plane Chase. Uh, Right. Obviously, with with March of the Machine, we kind of lost a lot of, of planeswalkers, planeswalking... As we knew it, yeah. became completely different, if not completely eradicated, um, for now. Uh, and uh, with these thirty-six cards, 
we're going to kind of try to go through them all uh, as we did, I think, two seasons ago or last season. Yes. Um, now, 36 is a lot. So we decided we're going to try to aim for nine an episode for four episodes. And uh, after having read them all, I think it's possible. Uh, I think that... Yeah. Uh, we had a hundred and something before with 36 new ones. We bound to get some stinkers or at least some like mediocre ones that are like negligible. Uh, yeah. And so we'll talk about those as we get to them. Right. Um, something else to keep in mind, folks, it's very unlikely we're going to, we're going to run. I- assuming we hit nine every episode, it's very unlikely that you're going to get four episodes of, doctor who plane chase cards for the next four weeks don't you worry we understand not everybody is a plane chase junkie like we are so but you should be you should be and we encourage you to listen in and get uh, and get excited about these new plane chase cards however we'll probably try and squeeze some other things in the middle yeah we've got a couple of new decks coming up and some some other things along the way so um we gotta we'll, we'll we'll stretch it out a little bit yeah just going to reiterate again, neither of us Doctor Who fans, uh, so lore-wise, it, we're, we're not getting into it. So it should be just mechanical stuff here, um, and uh, I don't know. Um, I think uh, if you're not playing Plane Chase, check it out. It's a lot of fun, I think, for yeah. as many people are like converted to Commander um, as a format. Um through just like the the big amazing things that commander can do i think that like especially those people should really check out plane chase for those who don't know what plane chase is uh a quick rundown um it's essentially a world enchantment affects the whole whole table uh it's got a static ability and an activated ability static ability uh is when you planeswalk two or something happens when we're on this plane um and then, you know, static abilities are, are pretty commonplace. Uh, you can roll a die on at sorcery speed on any one of your turns. Uh, and then if you want to roll it again, you pay incrementally one more. Uh, so you get a free roll, and then you roll for one, and then you roll for two, roll for three. Uh, and this die has six sides on it. It's a six-sided die. One side has the planeswalk symbol. One side has the chaos symbol. Uh, and then four blank sides. Uh, chaos symbol triggers the activated ability and it says whenever chaos ensues x happens um and then the planeswalk symbol means that with how we're going to talk about it you flip the next card over on top uh and you go to that plane right simple if you still don't get it go check out our previous episodes where we talk about planes i think we probably have like six at this point uh i've got a playlist below uh yes so uh, it's great. By the way, I know Andy's going to put up the cards if you're watching on YouTube. So you're going to be able to see them there. Um, keep in mind, these cards are the equivalent in size of essentially two magic cards squished together. They're, they're about that size. They're about the size of two magic cards, roughly. I don't think they're quite that big, but it's close. All right. So we're just going to go through these alphabetically. We'll talk about what it does, <laughs> if we like it. Uh, any relevant uh, utility, and then move on to the next one. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, so let's start with the first one. It's Amy's house. It's on the plane of Earth, if you heard of it. It says, when you planeswalk to Amy's house and at the beginning of your upkeep, you may exile a non-land card from your hand with a number of time counters on it equal to its mana value. If it doesn't have a suspend, it gains suspend. Uh, suspend just means that at your upkeep, you're going to take a time counter off of it. Uh, and then when you have no more time counters on it, you get to cast it for free, I believe. But you have to cast yes. it right then. Yeah. Um, you don't get to wait until a different point in your turn. You have to cast it during your upkeep. Uh, and then it says, whenever chaos ensues, time travel. Time travel uh, is for each suspended card you own and each permanent you control with a time counter on it, you may add or remove a time counter. This seems fun. I like that yeah. you get to do this at the beginning of your upkeep. You don't have to do it. Um, yeah. You don't have to do it. You can only do it with one card at a time. Um, just a couple things. I'm going to mention it this time, and I'm not ever going to mention it again. When we talk, when we read these cards, it's meant to be read by you on your turn. Right. So when it says you, it's referring to the person who is the active player. Uh, not you, meaning all of you at the table. All y'all. Just It's just the active player. So... Um, so on the active player's upkeep is when they get to uh, get to suspend a card. Um, I do like the idea of being able to add or remove mm. a counter because uh, you're never going to put a counter spell out with suspend counters on it because you you just don't know what's going to happen when it when it comes out. But um, there are other cards that are nice to have as something of a threat that you could back up a turn if you if you wanted to. I, think it's a a neat option yeah and i think too like uh there's probably instances where you have a permanent that has time counters on it that don't have to do with suspend yeah um just because they have they have so many cards uh everywhere uh that have different counters these are different than age counters as well so like you know, Braid of Fire uh, isn't going to, like, that's got age counters because it's got uh, yeah. cumulative upkeep, which is age counters, not uh, time counters. Um, but generally speaking, this is going to be for what it says, which is suspend. Um, I like yeah. that you're going to be, uh, you're going to be taking it down every turn anyway, but the chaos just helps you move along. Um, mm-hmm. I like here that the chaos doesn't really matter when you do it uh, or like it doesn't matter when you roll uh, because you've already gotten the benefit from being able to suspend a card. Uh, so chaos will help you out. Also planeswalking will help you out because you don't want your opponent to get the mm-hmm. uh, help. Um, I'll be brief with this, but uh, this did make me worry. Cause I was like, I feel like we have had a plane with this ability it we is did. different entirely. Uh, well, it's similar. It, it's similar in that it, with the other plane, I don't remember the name of it. Talon put down a bunch of cards, yeah. right? So you oh, put yeah. down multiple cards, yeah, and, yeah. but there was no way to control the suspend counters. Like, you couldn't speed it up. Right. So you just had to wait turn after turn after turn with all of your creatures in suspend. Um, and it doesn't take long for you to discover, ooh, that's a bad plan. Don't do all of your stuff. Just do some. Well, that's the thing. With, with Talon Gate... With Talon Gates, which is the one that you're yeah. talking about. Um, yeah, you can do it anytime you would cast a sorcery. 
you can okay, put yeah. something uh, into suspend. Uh, chaos removes two time counters. Oh, uh, okay. So you can't add any, but generally speaking, you're generally speaking, you never yeah. want you never want to. But yeah, um, so. yeah, it's fun. It's cute. Uh, I like it. Uh, some of them aren't as good, but I like this one a lot. It's it'll be it'll make for interesting plays. Uh, All right. Up next, uh, we've got and- Antarctic Research Base. When you planeswalk to Antarctic Research Base and the beginning of your upkeep, investigate. Investigate means you create a to- clue token, which I believe has pay two, tap and sack, draw a card. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if you have to tap it, but it's at least pay two and sack. Yeah. Um, and then whenever chaos ensues, put X plus one plus one counters on target creature you control, where X is the number of artifacts you control, it becomes a plant in addition to its other types. Um, yeah. I like this. I like uh, it's simple. Uh, I like the option to draw more if you want to pay into it. Uh, otherwise, you're just kind of creating more tokens. Yeah, I appreciate that it gives you a clue at the start of your turn. So if you're a deck that's not playing artifacts, you now have mm. an artifact. So at least you get something if you roll. If you roll. If chaos ensues. Um, I mean, it would be a single plus plus encounter, but whatever. That's uh, it's not bad. Um, I think about the number of decks that run treasures, clues, food. Uh, oh yeah, uh, this, this with thing, academy, academy. I can definitely see. Yeah, I can definitely see games where this is going to come up, and I'm going to look at the board and be like, "We need to get out of here now." Yeah, uh, especially with... even the risk is just way too high. I think even like. The value you're just getting out of something like Samwise Gamgee, I believe it is, uh, where it's like if you create a token, also create a food token. Like even just that yeah. basic value of where you're getting something extra just because it's your upkeep is kind of insane. Uh, right. Where I see this is uh, my pinnacle is my Galazeth Prismari deck because you're just getting free mana. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, it's on the plane of Earth if I didn't say that clearly because it's Antarctica. Right. Something that I do find interesting, you are definitely encouraged to do your rolling before combat. Because mm. you're going to get plus and plus encounters. But are you willing to pay before going to combat is, is the real thing. Mm. Who knows? I, I'm not sure that you are. So uh, you, you take your chances. Who knows? Uh, yes. You want to read the next one? Sure. I'll give you the non-Earth one. All right. Uh, pardon, pardon my uh, uh, if I've mispronounced this. Aplan Mortarium on the plane of Alfava Matraxis. Wonderful. Uh, the effect is Byzantium radiation. So at the beginning of your upkeep. So not when you planeswalk here, and at the beginning of just at the beginning of your upkeep, put an exposure counter on Aplan Mortarium. Then you lose life equal to the number of exposure counters on it. Whenever chaos ensues, create two, two, two black alien angel artifact creature tokens with first strike, vigilance, and whenever an opponent casts a creature spell, this permanent isn't a creature until end of turn. That's cool. I like new tokens. It's, uh, it's re- I think this is very interesting. Um, so you planeswalk here, no, no ill effect for you. The ill effect starts with the next person who goes. 
So once you're here, I don't know that you want to roll again. Is, is that the idea? Unless you're looking to try and roll chaos to get the 2-2. Two, two, yeah, the I mean. 2-2, two, 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 et cetera. I, it's slow is the thing, right? Like it's yeah. it's ticking up each upkeep, which is nice. Um, yeah. I do believe you can't target it with, uh, you cannot target it with uh, proliferate because it's not a, it's not a yeah. permanent um, or a player. Right. Um, but, I mean, I think you would roll pretty quickly. Like, I, I think the, the value is negligible in terms of the early stages of the life loss compared to getting two bears that uh, on your turn or not on your turn generally might be uh, cre- not creatures. Because, like, I think it forces your opponents to play creatures on their first main phase, which they might not want to do. Right. Um, so, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, there's there's all sorts of, of restrictions there. I mean, if you're planning to play a, a mass removal spell, you will want to do that before casting your creatures, which is pretty obvious. Um, I don't know if you want to play it before or after combat. I'll leave it up to you to decide there. Um, and having uh, that's by the way, that's two artifact tokens that have just oh. come into play. Um, and the fact that they have vigilance means that you swing on your turn. And in theory, you may have a blocker, but it's not something you can rely on. So I don't know how effective that vigilance is, because I don't know that I want to rely on those as my blockers. If my if all that needs to happen is for an opponent to play a creature. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they only have to cast it. It doesn't even have to enter the battlefield. Yeah. Uh, though and, it uh, cannot be a token, which is nice. I mean, unless uh, it's... And yeah. flash creatures just got a little bit better. Yeah. I think it's all around fine. Better, I don't think it's... Yeah. I, I don't think it's uneventful. I think it's it's cool, but I, I don't think it's amazing. Um, um, I will say, though, that, boy, if you don't get the tokens that come with this, uh, you know... Pull out your pull out your scratch card. You got a lot of writing to do. Mm. This one this one goes deep. So yeah. All right. Uh, next Andy. one. Okay. Uh, next one's Bad Wolf Bay on the plane of Earth. Heard of it? Uh, at the beginning of combat on your turn, exile up to one target creature. Return it to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. Uh, ideally, probably getting a blocker out of the way. Uh, and then chaos. When chaos ensues, cards can't enter the battlefield from exile this turn. Then planeswalk. So it's taking the blocker out of the way, and then uh, it's not coming back um, if you get yeah. chaos. Uh, if you are looking to get into the battlefield triggers on your creatures, uh, don't roll. <laughs> yeah, don't roll or roll before you get anywhere near your combat. Um, well, the thing is, so that this... way, if you end up leaving. At least your creature isn't the one that's permanently exiled. Yeah, the I mean the, it's it's fine. I think it's it's interesting how they decided to make this into how to get rid of a blocker. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's getting rid of a blocker at the expense that they might have an ETB that's powerful. But granted, maybe you're not targeting. Then obviously you're not targeting that one. Yeah, if they have an ETB that's going to be that bad for you, don't do it. Yeah. 
Target the tokens. Something else. Just target the tokens. Uh, they never come back. Um, right. I think it's interesting. I think it's there's there's. Yeah, it's interesting. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Our next one is besieged Viking village on the plain of Earth. Earth. All creatures have boast. For one mana, you put a 1-1 counter on this creature. Uh, you can activate it only if that creature attacked this turn and only once each turn. Uh, whenever chaos ensues, put an indestructible counter on target creature you control that attacked this turn. So, obviously, encouraging you to attack. Um, the boast ability, you can tap your creature. It's now an attacking creature. Or it is now attacked, so I'm assuming you can still add the counter before the damage is done. Yeah, boast can yeah, happen. I'm just the boast. It, yeah, the boast happens whenever you yeah. activate it. Like, right. you can do it before damage, you can do it before blocks. I don't know why you would, but you right. can do it before damage for sure. Now, you're only getting the, you only get to put one counter on your creature, but uh, considering that if you've got five creatures, you can activate it for all five. Mm. Um and this is, you know, you can do it one, two, three, four, five, however you want. Um, and yeah, getting the uh, getting an indestructible counter w- when rolling for chaos. I mean, sounds good to me. I, yeah, I don't see why you wouldn't want to roll with this with this card, especially yeah. after your combat, because you don't really want to give your opponents a chance to have boast on their creatures. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. It fools enough with their blocks enough that it becomes frustrating yeah but like you're not fooling anybody like yeah yeah they have to treat all of your creatures as though they're one bigger than they are yeah uh and then you get to to pump them up so um keep your mana open (laughs) um next one is Bowie base one on the plane of Mars. Uh, at the beginning of your end step, go target creature controlled by the player to your left until your next turn. That creature attacks each combat if able and attacks a player other than you if able. Uh, whenever chaos ensues, target creature gains island walk until end of turn. Sure. The, the, the chaos ability feels less relevant to... Because a lot of these generally go well together. Um... But you're, I mean, I guess the idea is that when you roll chaos, you're targeting the creature that was goaded by the player to your right. I guess that that's how it would fit together. Um, I don't know. I I guess, yeah, because it's at the beginning of your end step. You target another creature. Um, This this encourages you not to roll ever. I guess, except well, to get the chaos. Yeah, because you don't get the effect until until your end step. Um, gaining island walk means, honestly, that you would want to roll. If you're going to roll, then you're rolling before your combat. Right. Um, this, yeah. And I guess Basically, if you're looking, yeah, you're looking at the opponent on the right and saying, who, you know, what are they going to go to mind? Yeah, I mean, or what have they already goaded? I mean, like this, mm-hmm. this, this is the thing where, if you're if you just planeswalked here, you're not going to continue to roll unless you just want to get out of here. But like, yeah. uh, to get any benefit from this, like, yeah, you got to let it go. Um, yep. 
it's it's cool. Uh, I like it. It's a thinker. Um, island walk for those who don't know says it can't be blocked as long as defending player controls an island. So, all right. So the next one is Cave of Skulls mm. on the plane of Earth. Uh, each creature card in your graveyard has scavenge. The scavenge cost is equal is equal to their mana cost. Uh, for those of you who don't know, scavenge is exile a creature card from your graveyard and pay its mana cost. Put a number of plus one plus one counters equal to that card's power on target creature. Scavenge only as a sorcery. Uh, whenever chaos ensues, create two one one white warrior creature tokens. Sure. So scavenge, for those who don't know, is uh, from Return to Ravnica. Um, it's the gruel. Anyway, uh, yeah. this seems fine. I don't know. It's going to uh, be more helpful, obviously, in those decks that are already doing graveyard shenanigans. Um, yeah, I, I've always had a hard time with this because I just don't feel like uh, scavenge is worth the cost. I don't think I want to pay the mana value of my creature so that I can just get the plus one plus one counters and put it on something else. I almost always want the entire creature back because I put it in the deck for more than just its power and toughness. Yeah. Um, this this helps close out games. That's about yeah. it. Um, this is a late game one. Um, nothing too exciting. Uh, no, this and honestly, the chaos is... I, I think the chaos doesn't really work with it. I get that it puts a token creature out there that you could then scavenge uh, your, one of onto, your cards yeah. and put the plus plus... You don't put plus one plus one counters onto a token creature if you can avoid it. They're too easy to get get rid of. They're too easy to kill them. Yeah. So, um, it, it just it's a throw on. Um, it, I'm it, assuming uh, that there's flavor involved in this. It made me realize that there's the possibility too that we could get universes within versions of these cards because between this and Besieged Viking Village, it they are set specific uh, keywords. Yeah. Uh, boast yeah. and scavenge, uh, both from yeah. I mean, boast from obviously uh, Kaldheim, uh, scavenge from Ravnica. So like, I like I like thinking that these are probably just like cutting room floor type, yeah, uh, ideas. So, um, how many is that? One, two, three, four, That's five, six, seven. seven. All right, we got two more. We got two more. All right, up next we got the Cheetah Planet. The plane of outside Mutter's Spiral. Uh, when you planeswalk to the Cheetah Planet and at the beginning of your upkeep, put two plus one plus one counters on target non-cat creature you control. It becomes a cat in addition to its other types. Whenever chaos ensues, all cats begin uh, gain provoke until end of turn. And provoke means whenever a cat attacks, its controller may have target creature defending player controls untap and block it if able. Uh, that's cool to kind of... Uh, Yeah. It, well, I mean, it forces it forces your opponent to block with creatures that they would not normally block with. Right. Um, and it doesn't take away any of the abilities on your own creatures. So if you've got a Death Toucher and you've been trying and you want to get rid of one of their yeah, it, their it puts you in you charge do it. of of right uh, blocks. Well, sort of. It says uh, you may have target creature defending their controls untap and block it if able. There is nothing that says that they can't block with more than one. So you can choose to block your 4-4 with their 2-2, but they can throw another 2-2 in there 
for a three three and take out your creature. So yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's all there, and I think uh, I like that. Yeah, um, sure, it's fun. Uh, yep. And the last one for today, the last one. Actually, is let's go with ten. Let's go with ten. Two more. Two more. I promise. Okay. This will make City sense of the Daleks uh, on the plane of Scarrow. Whenever you attack, target opponent loses X life where X is the number of artifacts you control. Whenever chaos ensues, for each opponent, you create a 3-3 black Dalek artifact creature token with menace that attacks that opponent this turn if able. Those tokens gain haste. Sack them at the beginning of the next end step. So, definitely roll before your combat. Yeah. Or you're just going to be stuck with a bunch of Daleks that will be dead at the end of your turn. Um, and a 3-3 three, three with Menace means they have to block with at least two, uh, and it's going at all of your opponents. Sounds cool. Uh, whenever you attack, well, I mean, if you've rolled Chaos first, you're, you're guaranteed to have your, uh, one of your opponents lose three life, at least three life, assuming mm. those are the, on, the Daleks are the only artifacts you have. Right. Unlikely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, everybody's probably everybody probably is going to be having a minimum of two or three artifacts. Yeah, between and worst case scenario, way more than that. Yeah. Yeah. You mean best so. case scenario? No, I like this a lot. Uh, granted, yeah. you know, I do play a lot of artifacts, especially my Gavilla Zeth Prismari deck, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, there are cards that have been seeing more play that make other things artifacts. Period. Like. Uh, Encouraging Mycosynth um, makes all of your non-land permanents uh, artifacts, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, seems fun. I like it. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, it's definitely an, an interesting card. So, And the last one, Coal Hill School. Yeah. The last one for today. We'll be back yeah. with more. Coal Hill oh, School yes. on the Plane of Earth. Heard of it? Uh, whenever a player casts a historic spell, that player draws a card. Historics are artifacts, legendaries, and sagas. Whenever chaos ensues, return target historic card from your graveyard to your hand. Sure. Uh, yeah. I like this because it kind of harkens back to Dominaria. Dominaria being somewhat parallel to, you know, Earth type of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it seems fine. Seems fun. Um it, it's got the Joyra ability of Historic Spell plus, equals card, uh, but it's also got the, like, what's the white uh, bird guy? Anyway, um, it, it does a cool thing. Uh, you are more than likely going to have at least one Historic Spell, uh, your commander. So you can at least get a card out of that, um, unless it's already on the battlefield, but... Um, this also is a good way to get your commander out of the graveyard, so you don't have to pay that pesky tax. I see this working really well with uh, with any sort of sacrifice, sacrifice artifact, because um, then you're going to get back back into your hand. Um, I, I mean, <clears throat> you will likely have some kind of legend. There's a good chance you'll have a legendary permanent in your graveyard. Sagas, maybe not so much, but um, I can really see this working well with with any artifacts you're running so yeah um yeah and that's that's our our first part to this many part series uh, i think we'll probably have four episodes of this um, yep. and so we'll be back next week with either the next part or something new 
I'm going to not dilly-dally on this ending here. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, which you damn well should be. If you're not, go subscribe. It's a good time. Uh, you'll see all of these beautiful cards in all their glory, etc. But we're Temple of the False Pod. We're decks are not optimized. Better play sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. Uh, thank you again for listening, watching, whatever. Have a great night. May your fifth land be the temple. Wait, wait, before you go, I uh, just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtg. Bruce is at manaburned and I'm at Andy Weekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, like a video there. Leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!